All right, guys, welcome back to the 3 of 7 podcast. Thank you for being here. I uh, personally appreciate each and every one of you guys that tune in to the show every week and uh, make this thing that is 3 of 7 Project and the podcast what it is. It would be nothing without you guys who tune in, who support us on Patreon, um, who share the show. Uh, you guys have made all this happen, and I don't tell you Thank you enough. So, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I got an interview episode with for, for you guys today. This is with me, Brooke, and a friend of ours named Jimmy Gentry. Now, Jimmy's a special person. This is a, for me, it was an inspiring episode. Jimmy is 67 years old. He does CrossFit Five to six days a week, he gets after it. He runs uh, almost every single day, three to five miles a day. And he has also been a pastor of a local congregation here in our town uh, for a long time. Been a pastor for almost 50 years. But um, he's well-respected. We see him getting after it in the gym all the time. He's always upbeat, happy, healthy, and... Uh, just, I mean, just as an awesome human being. We wanted to bring Jimmy on today to talk to him about why he is so adamant about his fitness at his age. By the way, he just had a heart attack um, a, f a few months back, and he's just right back after it like nothing ever happened. So what's driving him? And we also dig into the conversation of how our health and fitness, how it relates to our spiritual life, how it, I guess, uh, interacts or even in, in a way increases or supports our, our faith and our walk with Christ. It's a great conversation, uh, in my opinion, and again, from an inspiring person who's lived a lot of life. I was really happy to have him on. I hope you guys enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Barbell Apparel, our partners. You guys know they got everything you need over there from uh, shorts to uh, workout shirts to dress shirts to jeans. Anything that you need for any area or walk of your life, you can go to Barbell and they're going to have something that fits your needs and it's going to fit you well. It's going to be comfortable. Uh, it's going to be functional. And not only do they have amazing apparel to fit all walks of life, but these are some amazing people behind this company. We've met with them multiple times. Uh, we we are in relationship with them and in partnership with them, and they're just great guys. I can assure you of that. So if you are looking for a new pair of shorts, some workout gear, running gear, uh, a new pair of jeans to go out in town with, go check them out, man. I think you'll be happy with what you get from Barbell. I know I have been. So that's barbellapparel.com. You guys know our partners and our Patreon members are the people who literally fund this podcast. And um, yeah, they pay for everything that it takes to make this show happen. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys that support the, the people uh, and the companies that support this show. Uh, 
means a lot to us. Without further ado, here's the interview with Jimmy. Enjoy it, guys. Has to, I mean, hey, life happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, our, um, our tech guy, our main tech guy, Blake. Do you know Blake? I, does he go to CrossFit? Yeah, yeah. he does. This is my little brother. Okay. He I'm, doesn't look anything like me, though. He's not near as good looking. Uh, he just kind of looks like an average guy, you know? Kind of like me, maybe something <laughs> like, but not quite as old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So, our tech guy's out running errands today. And um, usually, when Brooke, she has this strange power about her. Mm. All right. When she touches any sort of technology, it's going to malfunction. I, like I've, I've seen it happen throughout my life m on multiple occasions. It can be a, 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 a social media app, a cell phone, a computer. It can be functioning fine, and that and it, it will just go berserk when she tries to use it. It's not true. I, I, I don't think it's user error. I think it's just some weird like energy that she's putting off that just destroys technology. It's the CrossFit in her that's coming out. <laughs> is that what it is? That's what it is. I mean, and I'm witness to it today, so. <laughs> Y'all hush. Okay. She, she yes, didn't even, yes, Brooke, yes. She, well, <laughs> you know, it, may, it must be that because she didn't get it out at the gym this morning. She didn't go to CrossFit this morning. Mm -mm. She's been gardening all morning. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. yeah, you're going to have to get your workout in later today, boo-boo. Mm. Um. Welcome back. What's up, YouTube? For the second day in a row, what the world, man? We're live on the we're live on YouTube for the second. This is our last live stream for the day. Thank you guys for joining us. We got our brother in Christ, Jimmy, up in the studio today. Miss Brooke has set up this interview for us, and uh, we're going to get to hear from Jimmy. We're going to get to discuss some topics that have been on. Uh, Miss Brooks Hart, you know, she's always thinking about stuff and, uh, You're, this has been on your heart too. I, well, we've, I think we've it's been a, talking I, about, I think it's a good conversation. It we, is a good conversation. We've been talking about the balance of health and spiritual life for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So anyways, welcome. Welcome, Jimmy. Uh, honored to be here, Chad and Brooke, and I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your day, man. Yeah. Um, how? For, first of all, how how did you end up here, Jimmy? Did is this some <laughs> crazy? Did, what happened? Well, yeah, I mean, you end up here in the studio. Here in the studio, well, yeah. You know, Brooke said something to me. Oh gosh, a couple of months ago uh, about coming on the program, and uh, I said, sure, I'll be glad to do that, and so texting back and forth and we decided hey we'll just do this yes on my birthday and so oh i forgot today's your birthday it's my birthday i'm 67 today happy so. birthday oh, jimmy oh thank you brooke thank you chad well thank uh, you for making the time to can, do can this I, on your birthday can i tell you why jimmy's here yeah totally yeah for sure i want to hear because i know you guys have done some hard efforts together. You guys have trained together. Yes. Um, I haven't got to spend near as much time with Jimmy. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time because obviously I hear a lot of good things about mm. you. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, baby. So when I first started working out with Jimmy, his energy was like, I was like, who is this guy? And then 
we'll get into it, but you had a heart attack last year, yeah. right, Jamie? Or earlier this year in January. It was this in year. okay. Yeah. And I had done really hard efforts with Jimmy and he's always encouraging. He's always pointing at you from across the room and yelling your name mid-workout and just he's so fun. He's always happy. He loves Jesus, but he's not like a Jesus, like it's not overbearing about it. Just the way he goes about it is wonderful. But mainly, lately, I have seen Jimmy on fire and I'm like, what is going on with Jimmy? And I've been wanting to ask him in person what's happening I don't know if it's the heart attack or if you have other things going on, but this man is going to CrossFit in the morning, working out for an hour. And then I, I see you almost every day running like a scalded dog up and down the street for three to four miles after every workout. And you're, you're 67? Yes. I'm at, like... At 67, that, that what? is... What? No, that's really inspiring, man, because you know what? That is... That is... Almost twice my age. Mm. Um, Don't um, Sorry, Jimmy. Almost. No. (laughs) Almost. But but that that is inspiring, man, because I love what we get to do with our bodies. Sure. When, you know, now while we're young, I, I love fitness, riding bikes, running, working out. It's such a huge part of my life. But growing up in the South, Jimmy, many of the older people in in my family in in our friend circle uh in the past you see people get older and they have to stop you know they don't have to they choose well they 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 choose to stop right and and so then then you people can get stuck in i i think and it's even tempted me before to get stuck in this mindset where it's like well you know i only got I'm 35. I only got really 10 good years left. But to think, man, if if the Lord keeps me here on this earth and um, and I keep taking care of myself properly, man, I potentially have another 30 or 40 good years left. Yes. And that's something to look forward to, man. I mean, that that feels, that's inspiring. Yeah. It really is. Well, before we get into like the meat, because I agree, boo. It's it's fun to think like we could still be pushing our bodies. Because yes. there's so much yes. I want to yeah. do. Yeah. There's yeah. so much I want to do. I was just talking to Brooke about it last night. Like, I want to go explore South America. I want to bike pack across Costa Rica. There's a lot of runs I want to do. I want to I want to bike across America. I want to do... And it's like, yeah, I need a little time. And to know that <laughs> yeah. I can... I, I got time if I keep... If we keep taking care of ourselves and... and um, yeah, that's awesome. What were you going to say, Boo Boo? You're, you're good. I was going to ask Jimmy to like formally introduce himself. Maybe yes. what what I would like to hear a little bit about your church. And then tell us about when you got into fitness and when you started taking care of your sure. body and why. Sure. Um, I'm a Kentucky native. Let me, let me start at the beginning, if I may. Uh, I'm a Kentucky native, born uh, in a place called Cadiz, named for the town in Spain, Cadiz, but it's pronounced Cadiz. <laughs> a redneck. Yeah, a redneck. Yeah, that's right. A redneck pronunciation because it's, you know, they used to tell us uh, in the adjoining community in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, that you people from Trigg County and Cadiz, y'all are rednecks, and we resented it, but then I got to college and found out they were telling the truth, you know, so 
so <laughs> there was redneck there. But I uh, grew up in a small town, 2,000 people, um, born there, uh, found Christ there, involved in a church there, graduated high school there, went to Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green, and then to Southern Seminary uh, in Louisville and got a master's degree at, at Southern and a doctorate degree from Southern, and then pastored uh, three churches in Kentucky over the course of 19 years, then, pa- then pastored a church in uh, just outside Nashville in Springfield, Tennessee. And then in 2000, on December the 31st, 2000, I became pastor of Tabernacle Baptist Church in Carrollton, where I served uh, for thir- a little over 13 years, then came to Rome, and I've been at Garden Lakes Baptist here in Rome since January 1, 2016. Good so, Lord, so Jimmy. That's kind of where I've been across my span of 67 some odd years there. And I, um, I love life. I enjoy life. I enjoy what I do as a pastor. I've been a pastor of six churches uh, over the course of nearly 50 years. I began when I was 20 years old as a pastor and uh, was a sophomore in college and been doing it ever since. So um, that's kind of a little bit about me. Um, I'm married uh, to Jackie, uh, my wife. Uh, We've been married for 40, be 41 years in December Holy we, cow. we have two children, uh, a daughter, uh, Emily, who lives in Carrollton with her husband, and they've provided for us three wonderful granddaughters. And then we have a son, Nicholas, who lives in Atlanta. He is a, a pulmonary nurse uh, at Emory uh, University Hospital in Atlanta. And so we're, we're proud of our children, our grandchildren. They're doing well. And uh, Jackie and I are at that phase in life where we're just really enjoying life and enjoying each other. That's so cool, Jimmy. Well, uh, you, I mean, pastoring congregations for going on 50 years. First of all, I could not imagine pastoring a congregation of believers at 20 years old. Yeah. Like, I can't ima- like, I cannot imagine doing that. Trust me, Chad, there was a lot of forgiveness on the part of that <laughs> congregation, especially <laughs> as, as they're dealing with this young guy. Yeah. And, and, and to put it in perspective, of course, a student pastor, I mean, I'm, you know, trying to get sermons together and, and all that. And there was a gentleman, Sid Gregory. He always took up the offering, one of the fellows who took up the offering, and always said the offertory prayer. And, and he always ended his prayers by saying, and Lord, be sure and give Brother Jimmy a vision from way up on high. And I was humbled by that. One Sunday morning, Sid said, and Lord, be sure and give Brother Jimmy a vision from way up on high. You didn't give him one last Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) No way, man. I'm like, okay, Sid, thanks a lot. Yeah, I I just just appreciate that. But yeah. I I, I just, I mean, I love the Lord. I've I've served Christ for Mm. about going on 13 years now. Um. But I cannot imagine pastoring a local congregation, mainly because it's um you're 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 in the mud with people. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's your you're you're serving them, right? You're helping yes. shepherd them. You're helping uh, lead them by example and helping 
talk them through their struggles and 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 helping them with their their um their understanding of scripture and and so you are in the mud with these people um you have to love them well i imagine you have to be patient with them you have to be present with them uh you you can't be you have to try not to be judgmental and, and what have you said you love it it sounds like a really hard job to me but you said you love yeah. it so i i just want to know from a man who has served the body of christ as a pastor for almost 50 years I want to know first, what do you love most about it? And then I want to know what has been the biggest struggle for you personally doing that within the body of Christ or serving in that capacity. So what do you love most about it? What I love most about it is engaging with the people. Um, I'm people-oriented. I mean, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also an introvert. I like my time alone by, by myself, but I also am energized by being with people. So just engaging the people uh, in conversations, um, whether it's a hospital visit or a home visit or someone just stopping by the office, uh, hey, I need to talk with you for a few minutes. That really energizes me. Mm. And I know this sounds this may sound kind of morbid, but but I'm really energized in in doing death ministry. Um, I feel like I'm good at that. Um, in when somebody dies, I try to be there to encourage them, to listen to them. While they're dying, Jimmy? Well, that too, Brooke. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that's okay. That as well, if somebody is in the process of dying, if I can be there, I want to be there just to encourage that person to tell them it's okay to go be with the Lord. Um, Mm. So, you know, that kind of thing, but, but then... If I'm not there when somebody actually dies, but to be there with the family, to encourage them, to help prepare the funeral, uh, the memorial uh, for that person and for them, to help them walk through the valley of the shadow of death and remind them that they're just walking through mm. that valley of the shadow of death. So the, the, uh, the whole engaging of people, that energizes me. And I think I've been given a gift by God for that purpose. There are a lot of pastors, and this is not a statement of judgment or anything, but there are a lot of pastors who are not people-oriented. They're good people. They're good pastors, but they have gifts that focus in other areas. And for me, it's just being the people person. So that's the one thing that I love most about the job. And, and it's a part of that is helping somebody come to a richer understanding of what it means to be in a relationship with Christ. And, you know, somebody can say, hey, I'd never thought about it that way before. What you said in the sermon or the Bible study that you led, that really spoke to me, and here's why. And so, you know, that that helping somebody, and I especially love watching children and teenagers come to know the Lord, and then to baptize them and to celebrate with them their first communion. Um, you know, those things are just priceless for me, and they've always energized me, mm. and I've always found myself 
overwhelmed and blessed beyond measure as a result of that. The greatest challenge, the challenge, at least at this moment in time, is helping myself included here, helping the congregation understand that this is not the church that it was five years ago. This is not the church that it most definitely was 50 years ago. Because there have been so many changes in, in culture, in church life, and just challenging folks to realize. I heard Billy Graham say one time at a Billy Graham crusade that I had the privilege of working in as a counseling supervisor in Nashville in June of 2000. I heard Billy Graham say, this is not your grandmother's Billy Graham crusade. And it really wasn't. It was totally different. The, the music was more contemporary. Uh, and, and so just helping people to understand that the church has to modify if it's really going to make a difference in today's world. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge. That's the biggest challenge for me. It's, I, 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 again, I'm energized by that, though, but yet that is a great challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you say when you speak about mod- modifying and and are you speaking specifically around ways that we m- maybe impact culture or or in or culture sh- impacts the church or or, or show yeah. or sh- I mean I mean is that is that based around the use of technology or yes. Or, Okay. Yeah. A lot of it's around technology. I, I mean, we're we're a technological age, and so I think the church needs to embrace technology more than it has. Some churches are, you know, way out there and, and are doing well with that. Other churches are just now beginning to engage technology, and uh, you know, yeah, it can be a curse. At the same time, it can be a blessing. Uh, because, you know, the, the pandemic, um, it really affected Garden Lakes. I mean, we were round running a, a, on Sunday morning in worship 150, 160. But pandemic, I mean, we're under 100 now. And, and that's just the reality for us. A lot of people are watching online, which is great. That's fine. But, but many of them are just kind of like, well, this is church for us, and the, the it it misses the impact of being with each other in person. Yeah, but yet we still have to embrace technology because that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just a website, whether it's uh, you know uh, doing a podcast such as this, and I have some pastor friends who do what you all do, Brooke and Chad, uh, a podcast, and so embracing technology to help impact the culture more than what we actually are. Uh, I, I've asked myself a lot of times, I wonder if the uh I wonder if the apostle Paul would have used social media if it would yeah. have been available. Oh my to gosh. Us. Yeah. I have I have now, asked myself You're getting way off well, of our topic. Well, one you're of, going down a bad rabbit of, <laughs> rabbit trail. This is not what we're here to one talk about. One of my pet peeves has always pet oh peeves. People hate I'm that sorry, word. Folks. One of my pet peeves has always been um servants of Christ who who keep uh private social media pages to mm. where people can't follow them like and I'm like 
no, you should you shouldn't have a private social media page. You can have a private social media page, but if you're going to be on social media as a Christian, you should be wielding that right, right. Uh, to spread the gospel. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I I I don't I don't know that we as servants of Christ, because we have been given the great commission by Jesus Christ himself to go out and make disciples of all nations, I don't know that we have the luxury of being able to say, nah, I don't want to be engaged. I want to stay private yeah. and and I don't I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be engaged in the world. I don't want to be engaged in in my in, in culture. I don't want to be engaged with people. I just want to stay private. I don't want anything to, anybody to know anything about me because I don't want to deal with that headache. I don't want I don't want people to say bad things about me. I don't I don't want any of that. So no. I'm just going to be pri- I'm just going to stay private. I don't think that we have that luxury, man. No, I don't think we do either. I I think the the Christian faith is relational. It is about relationships, and that means you are involved with people, and there's nothing private about the Christian faith. It, it, it's, it's very public. And, you know, the, the, there was an old song from back in the 70s, a guy named Tom T. Hall. Yeah. Remember Tom, Tom Sneaky T. Snake. Yeah, Sneaky Snake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he had, he had a song called, Me and Jesus Got Our Own Thing going and you know yeah the song was a hit but the theology behind it is awful because me and jesus got our own thing going it's not just about me and jesus it's jesus and us and you're right chad we we don't have the luxury to say okay i'm just going to disengage from the world i'm going to remove myself from the culture no but the Great Commission is to go, and part of that is going to make disciples. Yeah. And that, that's our calling. That, that's our commission. That's who we are as believers. The, the human side of me wants to withdraw from the world. Yeah. And, yeah. and the strange thing is, is I have the ability to do that, like financially, I, I can do that. I, I the, There is nothing in the the flesh, the carnal part of me that wants to do this podcast, that wants to make a social media post, that wants to put myself out there and my faith out there in Christ and the gospel out there. There's not a single carnal part of me that wants to do that. It's actually the opposite of everything that I want mm. to do. Mm-hmm. But... I I have I, I will say but Christ I have done and am doing the things that I do solely because of my faith in Christ. Sure. I would not be doing any of this if I didn't if if I didn't feel if I not not even feel if I didn't know in black and white that if I believe in Christ and I know Christ and I don't go out and and use every gift that God has given me to spread the message of his gospel to people who are lost and dying and condemned to hell. Like, if I don't utilize the gifts that he's given me to do that, and I don't lean into that and push forward with that, it's going to be an ugly day for me 
Yeah. One day. Yeah. Like I, I can't neglect that. Although everything in me says, "Why the crap are you doing this, yeah. man? Why don't you just live? Why don't you just live on that land up there on the mountain and and don't talk to anybody anymore?" Yeah. That's what the carnal part of me wants yeah. to do. And, and and the thing is, enticing. Yeah, the, it's sort of like Paul saying in in Romans chapter seven. Where, you know, I, I'm torn, you know, I, I want, one side of me wants to do this, another side wants to do that. Wretched person that I am, but thanks be to God, uh, Jesus is the one who helps me keep focused. And so the focus is right. Yeah, your carnal side says not to do this, but the spiritual side, I think, kind of overrides the carnal side, especially if we're connected to Christ in a relational kind of way. And so the thoughts of wanting to just go live on the mountain completely separate from the rest of the world, those are fleeting, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, let's transition. Okay. I feel like you could do this for a long time. Jimmy's got some special stuff that he does around fitness, and I want to focus in on that a little bit. I concede to you, Biscuit. I can tell that you want to punch me right now. Like no, no, I, I just love, I, I mean, I love talking about all matters revolving around faith. It is the most, yeah. it is the most important thing in my life. My faith is the most precious possession that or gift that I have received. I would abandon everything that I own and every person that I know to keep my faith yeah. like it is yeah. the, of the so anytime anytime we have conversations around this i can just go and go and go because it's what i'm it is what i'm most passionate about because it's the greatest gift gift i've ever received sure sure well jamie i want it's hard transition i'm sorry i want to know when when did you find or start caring about physical fitness and health Really, um, it's it's been a lifelong journey, Brooke. Um, I've been running ever since I was in the eighth grade, so oh. that's that's fifty plus years there. Um, I ran track in the eighth grade and was on the varsity track team because nobody would run the two mile run except me, <laughs> and um, I did right well. The coach said that they were kind of surprised that this little runt guy could 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 <laughs> run, and so. I did, and uh, then ran cross-country in high school, and, and I've always been conscious about my health, um, about fitness. Um, yeah, there have been times where I've been lax about exercising, but not for extended periods of time. I've never had a weight problem, even though I probably need to drop about 10 pounds right now, uh, and, and that, that will happen. That will happen, um, but I just have really been focused, at least for the past twenty-five years, on taking care of myself, eating right, trying to eat right, um, and to do exercise. And I feel so much better because of it. Got into CrossFit. Um, somebody, well, Don Kubo, Ryan yes. and Don Kubo suggested that I consider CrossFit because I'd never done any kind of um, cross training. I'd never worked out with weights. 
um, I know that uh, you need to know what you're doing with that or you can hurt yourself. Uh, and so I never did anything with weights. And they suggested that I consider CrossFit. So I called Jeff. This was seven years ago. And I uh, had a conversation with him and then went through that personal training that, that he requires everybody to go through. And then I actually started my first CrossFit class was on January 2nd, 2017. And uh, I've been at it ever since. And, and it's probably one of the best things that I've done for me personally because I've learned how to do some things that I didn't know how to do. I didn't know how to lift weights. Uh, I didn't know how to do front squats. Didn't even know what a front squat was, you know, <laughs> let, let alone how to do it. Deadlifts, you know, bench presses and, and um, th- all of it. I, I just... Uh, now I can do it. And so you've put on muscle mass in your 60s. Yeah. That's when you started, was in your 60s. Yeah, I, w- I was in my 60s. I, I, in fact, I had just turned 60 um, about three months after my 60th birthday. So um, That's crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I just have, um, I've just got some stamina, I guess. And, uh, I, again, I think a lot of it is I've just always tried to take care of myself. Yeah. And, and, uh, and my physician in Carrollton, when we lived there, he just, he, he remarked, I, I was having some issues and he said, Jimmy, you're okay. You take care of yourself. And, and I'm like, do I really do take care of myself? I mean, I, I really do focus upon trying to eat right. Yeah. Granted, I fall off the wagon once a week or something like that, you know, and maybe don't eat properly, but in general, I do eat properly. I maintain a healthy diet and combine that with exercise. Um, and I, I feel so much better because of it. And, uh, you know, I, my, my wife, Jackie, I'll come home and she said, I don't want to hear it because all the workouts are awful. You know, <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, she said, I just don't want to hear it anymore. They're all awful. And I'm like, well, they are, you know, <laughs> so, but, but I, I just, I'm glad that I can do that. And at my, you know, my regret, my regret is I didn't do something like CrossFit when I was your all's age. Mm-hmm. I wish I had done it when I was in my 20s, 30s or so, but I'm doing it now. I love and, it. And, and I'm, I'm decent at it for my age, I think. I think I'm you decent You definitely at it. are. So. Well, my next question is getting into like the meat. And then I do want to talk about your heart attack and why all of a sudden you're running like a madman and doing CrossFit. But like, I, I heard this story from somebody the other day that it was a younger person and she was leading the, um, what's it called? Like childcare at church. What do they call that nursery? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah she was, she was leading that. She was having trouble at home, so she moved in with her boyfriend. And I have no idea what church this is. And they said, I'm sorry. Like, if you want to make those decisions to live in with your boyfriend out of wedlock, you can't be a leader in the church anymore. And I've heard a couple stories like that that are just similar things, like going through bad divorces, adultery, porn addiction, living out of wedlock. But you will find the most large and in charge people that seem like they are completely disregarding their health, leading these huge churches. And I'm 
personally, of course, it's because I'm passionate about it is why I see it so much. Other people probably wouldn't. I'm like, is that not just as much of a sin kind of disregarding your body? And I, I don't know. I just wanted your opinion on that. Like what, what do you think is okay? And what, as a Christian, do we have standards for our body? Like, or is that a big gray area, you know? I think some people would say it's a gray area, but I think, I don't think it's a gray area. I think that we've been given a body. uh, We're created in the image and the likeness of God. God's healthy. And I think that we need to try to be as healthy as we possibly can be too. Um, You know, there's a story, well, the story of Daniel. Daniel's a great example of this. Uh, in Daniel chapter 1, uh, there is the story of how the king uh, is trying to groom some young men. And uh, he gives them uh, the king's rations, rich foods, and royal wine. And Daniel is kind of like, you know, I really would rather eat something else. And I'd rather uh, drink something else. Not that there's anything wrong with, with alcohol, it's just moderation as far as that. But, but Daniel was thinking, I'd rather just eat vegetables and drink water. And so the attendant was, was concerned about that because the attendant was like, um, you know, if y'all look thinner and don't look as good as the other guys who are eating the king's rations, the rich food, and drinking the royal wine, then my head's going to be on a platter. And so Daniel says to him, look, let's try something for 10 days, let me and my associates just eat vegetables and drink water. And so the text says that after 10 days, they looked remarkable compared to the others. Daniel took care of himself by eating and drinking properly. So I think there's a foundation there for us as Christians to take care of our bodies. Um that we do, that, you know, gluttony is one of the, you know, seven deadly sins, so to speak. And I think that one of the things that we need to learn how to do is to control our eating habits and maybe our drinking habits too. And I don't just mean alcohol. Um, I'm talking about soft drinks, uh, too much coffee, too, too much caffeine or something there, and learning how to just drink water. Um, because it makes a difference, I think. But, but I, th- I think you're right, Brooke. I do think that we do need to take care of our bodies. And, and you know, there's the, the, the book of Leviticus, you know, is a fascinating book to me. I, I mean, I, I jokingly say to people, you know, when you start reading Leviticus, you know, you have to have a stout cup of coffee and maybe a cigarette to get through it or something <laughs> just because it, it's just all this this mundane stuff. And, and my, I've had parishioners say to me over the years, you know, I gave up reading Leviticus for Lent, you know, and, and, and just, just as a joke, but there are the dietary laws there in Leviticus, which stress that, you know, you, you don't eat these kinds of, of foods. Now, Christ has declared all foods to be clean now, and I think, again, it's moderation, so there's nothing wrong with eating pork. It's just you don't need to eat pork 24-7. Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with eating shrimp, but you just don't need to eat shrimp 24-7. 
it's moderation. And I think that if we could ever learn to do that, to moderate, I think that we as Christians would value our bodies more than what we do. What comes first, though? The value or the moderation? Like, how do you instill the value in people? I I think that partly that, you know, it's a good question. I don't know how you instill the value into someone. Maybe by example. Mm -hmm. Maybe living the example of, of, especially when you go out to eat, maybe not ordering um, the fried platter of fried shrimp and fried this and fried that, or maybe setting the example of trying to say there's a better way to do this than what you're actually doing it. So, well, I, I have something on uh, instilling the value, which I think that's a good, a good and valid question. And this is specifically for the follower of Christ. How do you instill value? Uh, in in a Christian to to value their body, right? And I think it it goes to rem- the, the foundation of it is explaining to them from Scripture that this body that we have is becomes a vessel for Christ Himself, right? The Holy Spirit right. of Christ Himself. I think there's a lot of confusion around that because that is a very non-human concept. Yeah. That yeah. when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and we accept his gospel, his forgiveness, we submit ourselves to him, we repent and follow him, we our body actually becomes this vessel and the Holy Spirit of Christ comes and lives in you, helps you discern Scripture, uh, changes uh, the way you think, helps you in the decision-making process. The Holy Spirit in the believer of Christ is is doing all these functions, man, and, and helping you get through this life and not only get through this life, but get through this life abundantly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really weird concept, and I don't, I don't, I don't know that very many people, even Bible believing Christians, quite grasp that. Right. Uh, so, why should you value this flesh, this vessel? Because it is a vessel. That's why you should value. That's why you should care for it, right? The better, the healthier it is, the the more functional you are, the more you can be used. Yes. Right? Because if you are unhealthy, you by default... There are a lot of things that you cannot be used for within the body of Christ. Right. A, a lot of p- positions of, of, of service, of evangelism, of whatever it may be, whatever God's wanting to use you for, you by default through poor health, you, you, you can't be used. We should value our, the, our physical health 
so that we can be used in every way, shape, and form by Jesus Christ, who is in us. Yes. Uh, and we are are that that's the the whole con- and that's the the thing. This is this applies to the whole concept of the church. That's another thing people don't under. I think people don't grasp. The body of Christ is a living organism right. that's yes. spread all over the earth, and we're being possessed by the Holy yes. Spirit. And also, if you're sick and you're you you know you know how when you're when you're just whether it's you're you're overweight and you you're dealing with all this stuff and you're having to go to the doctor all the time or or what you you're not you you can't even think clearly right you can't think mm-hmm. clearly so not only can you not be used just physically you can't go out and and be out and and do these things and uh physically but i believe an unhealthy body clouds your your the communion that that you have with the holy spirit and when you are healthy you feel good you can actually i think you you have better communion or 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 interaction yeah. uh, with the Holy Spirit that is in you, guiding you. You can listen better almost because you have a clearer lens, right? Um, and you have you even have a lot more, even just from a time perspective, you have a lot more time. Like it's important to make for, it's important for you, Christian, to make quiet time, right? For you and Jesus, just, I do it every morning, right? I can't tell you how many people I know who have chosen to abandon their physical health, who every every spare moment that they have, they're going to the doctor or they're going to the pharmacy or they're having to to do something just to stay alive it's like that's a time consuming thing yes and and just living life is time consuming it's hard enough if you're healthy to to make that quiet time to set that time aside for you and the lord and when you pile on being unhealthy onto that it's like you're not you're not going to be able to make that happen and you're missing out on so much man so if you can get people to understand that hey the lord wants to use you and when you accepted Christ, the Lord came into your physical body and is influencing you, literally possessing you, helping you through this life, helping you to become a better image bearer of Christ. And he wants to use you. He's got plans for you. But if you choose to abandon your physical health, what you're on the couch, man. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think Chad, you're exactly well said. I, I you said that so well. I do think you know th- there's a connect between the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. Yes, mm-hmm. that there's a definite connect there. And, and when one is out of kilter, the other two begin to be out of kilter. Yes, a- and and so it, it's vitally important for us to make sure that our mental health is good, that our physical health is good. 
and our spiritual health is good. Mm-hmm. And when when those three are working together, life is good. And the abundance of life of which Jesus spoke in John 10, 10 really becomes a reality. And it, it is, it is, we are vessels. You know, what was Paul said in 2 Corinthians about this earthen vessel, a treasure. And it is the image of God. And I mentioned that earlier, just we are created in the image and likeness of God. And I think that involves the physical, it involves the spiritual, it involves the mental. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And I think that when we give ourselves to the task of caring for the whole person, the whole individual, life will be full, rich, and meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, and it, just, it, it, it takes discipline to do that. It takes discipline to have your quiet time in the mornings or, or whenever that might be. Some, for some people, it's their lunchtime. For other people, it's in the evening. But you, you have to have that quiet time. And if we're sincere in that moment, God will reveal to us maybe, yeah, maybe you've been uh, hitting the chocolate pie a little bit too much there. <laughs> maybe maybe you've been putting a little bit too much um, alcohol in your system. Maybe you've been putting a little too much caffeine in your system. And, and so, you know, all of it works together. And when we allow it to work together, our lives are so much better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We or, were, or maybe maybe it reveals to you too that you've just been sloth. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's a huge. That's such a uh, uh, even even going beyond the the discipline it takes or, or that you should practice to care for your body through your your um, your diet and your nutrition. I mean, good lord, man. I I I'll go ahead and tell you. I have days where where I am sloth. Yeah, I'm lazy, yeah. and the Holy Spirit convicts me of that. Sure, like it really does. This this not that's not ex- it's not acceptable, right? <laughs> you, right. you know what I mean, right? Uh, I I do I do want to say on this conversation, and I'll turn it over to you for You're your next question, Boo Boo. Um, there in this conversation though, there there is always some danger when we talk about these things that people can get uh confused and maybe think that we're saying that your salvation is tied to your physical health uh and that that's a mandatory requirement for you to be saved right. or to be a christian right. negative right negative exactly. mm-hmm. we're we're saying do you want to experience the fullness of what jesus christ has for you, has planned for you from the foundations of the earth. Uh-huh. Do you want to experience the fullness of that in this life within the body of Christ? Okay, you need to be fit. We're not sitting here saying that if you're if you're overweight, that you're you can't receive salvation. Right. All right. Right. I think the other danger for this specific conversation for the Christian is there is a lot of vanity yeah. that can sneak its way in mm, That's good. when yeah. it comes to physical health. Yes. We see yeah. it in gyms. 
we we see it in ourselves. You start to put on a little muscle, right? You you're, you're you maybe maybe you walk in the gym and and you know you're you're scandally scandalously dressed because you want people to see right. what right. you're there's a the vanity can creep in. Should we be on guard about that? Most definitely. And and I do think that there is that the the whole vanity aspect of it is there has to be all this has to be couched in humility. And it, it's one of those things where you know, yeah, hey, my weight's down. Hey, everybody, look at me, you know, or I look at myself in the mirror, which can be just as damaging. Um, you know, I, I do think that there has to be some humility there in order to overcome that vanity, to, to do this and to be vain about it, to be arrogant about it. But you're, you're exactly right, Chad, exactly right. I, I think it's got to, you have to check your why. Yes. You have to check, why am I striving to be physically healthy? Right. Is it to be, is it to be in service to Christ, to be an image bearer of yes. Christ, to be used by Christ, or is it for my own selfish desires? Is it for my own vanity? And I, I say to be warned about this, Christian, because there are a lot of bad things that happen in gyms. Yes. In terms of infidelity, in terms of relationships that start that between married people and it's all, all that stuff is rooted in this vanity that will creep in when you start to pursue yes. this physical fitness. Um, so you have to check your why, man. Really be founded in and, and that, again, is going to go back to Brooke's original question. Well, how do we instill the uh, the value yeah. in the body? We, we need to value our body as a vessel of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to value our body as something that we can flaunt right. to ourselves right. or to the world. Right. And, and as individuals, we value our bodies, but we also value the bodies of others. And we encourage them to value their body. Mm. And as we do that, I think we can see the Holy Spirit begin to work in the lives of other people mm. that results in carrying out the Good Commission, living the abundant life, getting up every morning with love, joy, and peace as part of your experience at the very beginning of the day. So it is valuing our bodies, but valuing other bodies too, and realizing that together we can do more than we can do separately. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, Ima imagine if this idea of of health and a a healthy physical body was something that was stressed more to local congregations. Yeah. Something that was facilitated. What if we thought as partially about gluttony as we do about homosexuality? Oh, yeah. What if they were on the same yeah, plane? Yeah. Like what would Christ, what would Christians look like? Yeah. I I think, you know. Sorry, babe. I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. I think that's a good point, Brooke. It's an excellent point because we you know, we we've got the we, we've categorized sin. You know, we, we, we like to say sin is sin, but really, we no, there are some sins that are worse than others. And, and, you know, gluttony is one of those that 
is down on the bottom of the totem pole, so according to, speak. to us, according, right? Yeah, according to us, it is, but it's just as bad as whatever sin might be: committing adultery, stealing, breaking one of the big ten. You know, it, it's just as bad, and and I think that partly the the church is at fault here uh, because of potluck dinners. <laughs> Um, which, oh gosh, there's some great cooks in Garden Lakes Baptist Church. They're great cooks in every church that I've pastored. And it's just like, here, here, go, go ahead, pastor, have one more piece of pie. Oh, you know, you'll want to taste this, you know, and, and all that. And, and nothing is meant in a sinister way, but, but we've stressed rich food as a way of communicating with each other. Mm. Now, hear me. Jesus believed in table fellowship. And, and I mean, he's always, and I'm exaggerating when I say this, he's always eating with somebody. And he's always been invited to this person's house or that person's house to, to, to feast, to fellowship. But it's around the table. And so there's something to be said about believers and even non-believers sitting down and having a meal together. I think we can control, though, what that meal actually looks like Mm -hmm. if we want to. Um, And so how you get congregations, for example, to do that, especially with the, quote, potluck dinner, unquote, I'm not exactly certain how you would do that. You know, uh, okay, uh, no fried chicken. It all has to be broiled, you know. (laughs) You set parameters uh, yeah, around the potluck. That's right. Set parameters around the potluck or whatever. But 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 I do think that, that the church has been at fault um, by encouraging eating to the point of being miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, you just gosh, I ate so much I can't move. You know that sort of thing. And what I ate really was not good for me at all. And, and that's not, uh, that is not being critical of church potluck dinners, but it is, it is kind of a culprit, though, mm-hmm. when it comes to the physical aspect, the having good health, healthy bodies in the body of Christ. We were watching, we've been watching a series about blue zones and centenarians and they, one of the places they visited was a um, seven-day Adventist mm. community. And you have all these 90-something, 100-something just living. And the vitality in their 80s and 90s, they're like playing pickleball, they're swimming. Mm. And so this guy investigated further their community. And my uh, my understanding, I don't know a lot about their theology, but they are Christians. Right, um, right. But they put so much emphasis on food, community, service, and exercise. Mm. It's like it's like kind of what we talked about. Like if our church valued your body as much as your sexual morality, as much as the, the Southern church values that. You know, like if we valued physical fitness and health on the same level, we would be up there with a seven-day Adventist. But yes. they seem like they got something figured out. And they seem like they're all joyful and kind of what you said, Boo, like they seem clear. 
Mm. I think that was a good point you made is like staying active, staying fit and eating well allows you to stay mentally well as far as happy right. and feeling good, but also the clarity that comes with that. I've experienced that. And these people they were interviewing were just on fire for Jesus and they wanted to serve their communities. They wanted to serve each other and they were physically able to do that. That's a, that's the thing. They were, they were still effective. Yeah. They were in their eighties. And, and I think, I think even this, this specific topic is in a, in some sense, a very, uh, unique problem that exists within the body of Christ in America and specifically the South. Yeah. Um, I think that it's it's a very unique thing, and and I wonder if the root of it isn't even deeper than than what we are that than what we've touched. I wonder if the the root of it isn't more rooted in the the theology, the the preaching, the teaching that has inundated the body of Christ through the Bible belt. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of teaching or preaching in the South that's like, oh, we know this life is hard and everybody else is the world's going to hell in a handbasket, but you just you just got to make it through this life and you're going to you're going to go to heaven. Like you just got to just you just just keep going. You're going to it's going to be over soon. Just make it just make it to heaven. There there seems to not be a huge emphasis in the in in the leading of the body of Christ, especially in the South of like, Hey guys, we got to be effective here. Yeah. Like, Hey guys, it's, it's, it's not, there's a guy on resurrected, just a pastor just taught on, on resurrected this past Sunday and talked about this concept of beloved identity and not waking up every morning as a Christian and saying, well, I tell you every, the world has just went to hell it, I can't, people are so bad. It's such a struggle. Mm. I just got to make it through this day. And, you know, I'm, one day I'm going to get to the end and I'm going to earn the prize of eternal life. It's like, there's not a lot of emphasis on, no, man, we got to be fit. We right. got to be vigilant. Right. We got to be knowledgeable. We got to be active. We got to be able because we have a f job to do here. And, <laughs> There's not any emphasis on that, and and the, you're exactly right. There's not that there. There is this kind of a lackadaisical attitude, like you know, well, we just get through, as you say, this one day, and we take it one day at a time. But we're idle in the process. Yes, we're, we're idle in the process. I kept thinking the word now, dormant. Yeah, dormant. Yeah, it yeah, kind of yeah, seems the same yeah, concept. It's the same concept there, and it's almost like that we forget that the Christian life is about life right now. Life, we're, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to heaven, obviously, but a little bit of heaven ought to be here right now. And it can be if we'll discipline ourselves and put forth the effort 
and seek to be effective and to live the abundant life with a positive vein and not negative. See, that's the thing. The, the idea of, of what you were referencing, Chad, the idea that, uh, well, we just got to get through this day. That is so negative. It yeah. is just so negative. And Jesus was not a negative person. Yeah, he had to deal with some negative issues, but, but he himself was not negative. He was that person who had a positive outlook on life, got up every day with a purpose in mind, and gave that purpose, gave himself to that purpose wholeheartedly. You nailed it. The, 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 the life with Christ is filled with purpose. Yes. It, you, you never, ever have to search for your purpose again because you you might lose your purpose you might forget but it's still there in Christ right. like it's always there if you will just yep. go back to yes. it right so it's filled with purpose and purpose implies action uh-huh you, you know and yeah i i just um i think that that just uniquely in in the culture within the body of Christ here in the south especially i mean I know the times that I have attended local congregations and stuff. You you you, you see and hear that a lot. Is just well, we just got to get through this life, and 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 even I hear so all the time, and 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 probably I'm even guilty of. Uh, oh man, the this the world's so bad. Like, yeah, we're you know, both guilty of that. Yeah, hundred yeah, like, percent. Yeah, yeah. And I am too. Yeah, uh, yeah, we all are. If the we're the world the world is bad, but like rejoice in the fact that you have purpose no matter how bad it gets. Right. And you you hit on something earlier too, Jimmy, that I think, again, people need to understand. The kingdom of Christ is here. Yes, yes. In you, in in me, mm-hmm. in, in you, in all. The, the kingdom has come. It's walking around in, in 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 every single believer right. that is alive right now. The kingdom's here. It's like, yeah, this isn't a this isn't a call to be to be dormant or idle. Um, but yeah, that's just not uh, it's not emphasized. So, Jimmy, they said at uh, I think I think it was Lindsay telling me the other day at the gym that you've gotten some of your congregation to start at Masters yes. and at CrossFit. Yeah, one at one time there were there were six uh, congregants from Garden Lakes who were participating in the Masters um, thing at, at CrossFit. How so, how have you found uh, earlier you said leading by example. Is there any other thing you've found to help motivate fellow Christians to like do what we do? I mean, do what you do? I don't know if... I think that I talk about it a lot uh, at church. Uh, the CrossFit workout or something I'll mention there. Um, and I don't know if that's made an impact on anybody or not, but I do know that with some of our seniors, just me talking about it, plus Jeff and Lindsay uh, did a program for the Optimist Club. This has been two, three, four years ago, and several of my congregants are in the Optimist Club here in Rome. 
and um, they were impressed by what they said, and they were like, "Well, our pastor does CrossFit, and you know, oh, Jimmy, you know, you know, we know Jimmy, we love Jimmy, blah blah." So, well, I think some of us ought to do it too. And so, several there were about six of the seniors who started doing the Masters CrossFit. Now, one of them's died. And a couple of others, because of physical issues, they just are unable to do it now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, um, I I'm pleased that there there are right now. I know there are at least three of the six who are still participating right. in and, CrossFit. And you don't know, you know, when you speak about it at church, we don't know if people are walking in the evenings, right. if right. they're eating better. Right. When do you think? I don't know what. I'm trying to think of how to word this like Chad's style. He is very comfortable and it works for him to call people like to call people and like kind of be accountable. Like do you, have you found with health and wellness, it's just an encouragement type of thing. Or have you been able to pull scripture and say, guys, this is like, this is a commandment. Like this is something that we need to, does that question make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And, and and again, I think that, uh, you know, I think that as far as the scripture and verse thing, where that is, that thou shalt take care of thy body or whatever, you know, it's not there, but it's implied. Right. It's implied the image and likeness of God. We need to take care of the image and likeness of God, uh, which includes the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, the, the emotional side there. Um, taking seriously, you know, the whole idea of not being gluttonous, um, realizing that our bodies are created, they're temples of the Holy Spirit that indwell us, and as such, we need to take care of the body. So, yeah, I've tried to encourage people along that line and just trying to lead by example Mm -hmm. with that. And I would say in terms of a good place to go, uh, that we go a lot of times around this conversation is when the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, penned, I discipline my body, yeah, and yeah. I bring it into subjection uh, so that when it's my time to preach, I won't be found disqualified. Right, right. Uh, that... And I want y'all to, and I want y'all to understand that that is the Holy Spirit of Christ. Right. That is not a man writing that. That is everything in Scripture is inspired. Right. By the Holy Spirit of Christ. So you you need to take those words. They have as much weight as your red letters in your Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything in the Bible has an equal amount of weight. Right. And I don't know where y'all listeners and viewers, but you know, pe- people hit us all the time. They're like, why, why are you guys teaching so much out of, um, out of the letters, uh, out of the epistles that Paul, why, why don't you get back to the gospels? And I'm, I'm like, it, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. It's all yeah. the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
It's all inspired by God himself. It, it's just that the epistles take it a step farther. Yeah. They, they take it just a step farther. And that's what Jesus intended, I think. I yes. think that's exactly what he intended. Yeah, I mean, Jesus even said, it is recorded to say in the Gospels, like, I can't give you everything now, but the right. helper's coming. Right. And he's going to reveal all right. things to you, all right? So after the book of John, the last, the last Gospel... Uh, that has your red letters in it. That's what Jesus, everything after that is what Jesus told you. The helper's coming. Yep. He's going to explain all this stuff to you. Well, here it is. Yep. All right. Yep. That's all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And yes, we discipline our bodies and we bring them into subjection so that when we're called to be used, we're not found to be disqualified. Right. We're not, we're, we, we, you know, you. It, it, and 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 I think there's a, a part of it too that's even just a um, a presence, your your presence physically, yeah. like you said, as an image bearer of Christ. Uh, you know, you 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 walk up there and you look like a you look like a daggone wrecked dump truck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you just become the laughing yeah. stock, you know, yeah. and and. And you want to avoid that, if right. you know you're the image bearer. It's it's the presence, uh, you know. So that's where I'm at on that. But well, we got like Jimmy. I know we got like ten ten ish minutes till twelve thirty. If you feel like it, do you feel like telling the story of your heart attack sure. and then saying what kind of? And I could be wrong. You might not be lit on fire after your heart attack. It just seems like it to me. I know. Yeah. I, I think, you know, January 4th, um, I, I was at CrossFit and doing the workout. It was on a Wednesday morning, did the workout, and, and it was and it was a pretty strenuous workout, and I sweat more than I normally did, but I made it through the workout okay, cooled down, and about 10 minutes afterwards, I just started feeling some pain in my chest, shortness of breath, and then some uh, pain in my upper right arm, uh, which, you know, was fascinating because they always say your left arm is the one that's going to hurt. But, but I was having some pain in my upper right arm. And so I walked to the car and I thought, something's not right. So I walked back in and told uh, two, two of the folk, Chris Bostick and Tom Baker, I said, something's wrong. And uh, so Jeff came over and... Uh, I'm a cut up and you know, I'm, yes, you are. Yeah, I'm a cut up. And, uh, so Jeff said, you're not kidding. Are you? I said, no, I'm not. And so Jeff took my pulse and he said, your pulse is really erratic. So my wife, Jackie, who is a nurse, uh, he called her getting to the hospital. And, uh, so Tom drove me to the hospital in my car, just left it there. And Chris followed him, took him back to, to the gym. And so, um, I was at Redmond, uh, for, 36 hours and, and well really I was there for for 48 hours two nights but but long story short is they um, did a, a heart cath and discovered that uh, I had three blocked arteries one the widowmaker uh, was 90 percent blocked and then another artery was 70 and another was 50 so they Jeez. they stented the 90 percent and then did angioplasty on the 70% and medication for all of it. They didn't do anything to the, to the 50%, just figuring medication will take care of that. Um, 
Dr. Tanner, who was my cardiologist, a great bedside manner, um, told me, you know, you can be back doing things, you know, in, in a moderate kind of way within a week. And so that was on a Thursday. I went home on Friday, uh, took it easy. But on the next Monday, a week, almost two weeks later, I was back at CrossFit, just walking, riding a bike, uh, and kind of getting back into the routine of it. And um, after about six weeks, I'm back at full throttle. Uh, and so saw my cardiologist back in June, and uh, he gave me clear bill of health. And so I'm, I'm functioning, really, I, I, and went through cardiac rehab a, as well uh, at, at Redmond. Did that for six weeks. They told me because I was in such good shape, that I really didn't need to do the 12-week program, and they usually folks do it for 12 weeks, but I just did it for six. Went faithfully twice a week to that, did that. Everything was fine. Graduated, got the shirt and the certificate. Got the shirt. <laughs> I got the shirt and the certificate from, from Advent Redmond. And um, now I'm, I'm at full swing in CrossFit. And so I've e I eased back into the running aspect of it, um, Back in May, I ran uh, my first 5K uh, in almost six months, and uh, so I felt good about that, and I've just progressively gotten more into running and increasing the mileage uh, on a weekly basis. So, um, yeah, I, and what, I, what I've said to people is listen to your body. You know, listen to your body, and it makes no difference how old you are, how young you are. If you have chest pains and you have some shallow shallow breathing, and you've got some pain in your arms, better to be on the safe side and go get that checked out. And I did, and it's like the doctor said, I'm really glad you came because had you not come, probably sometime next week, either you would be dead or I would be cracking your chest open to do bypass mm. surgery. And so I'm just... I'm just glad that I listened to my body and uh, realized that something wasn't right. But, you know, the, and the weird thing, Brooke and Chad, after, after we were on the way to the hospital, I started feeling much better. You know, I, I never mm. had any more pain after that. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I almost said to Tom, you know, I don't think I need to go. But I didn't. I, I thought, you know, Jackie's on her way, so I just need to follow through with this. And I'm glad I did. Glad I did that. Jeez. Um, so right now you're going to CrossFit at six six thirty each morning. Five days a week. Five sometimes six six days. <laughs> and then after CrossFit, you're running yeah. every day? Every day. How far? Anywhere from three to six miles. Every day? Every day. And you're sixty seven. I'm sixty seven. And you had a heart attack in January. I had a heart attack in January. I don't I mean, how could anybody make excuses? Like I don't it's that's crazy. Yeah, uh, people have told me that that's crazy. I mean, it's, so, you it's, know. it's really neat. I think it's yeah. crazy in like a very good way. Yeah. I mean, that's well. That's, and, and again, I want to take care of myself, and, and I love to run. You know, and Chad, you know this. You know, people say either you love running or you hate it with a passion, and I love it with a passion. Always have, but you know, as I said, I've been doing it since I was in the eighth grade. So I love to run. I enjoy doing that. It's the one sport activity that I can really, for me personally, excel in. 
And um, so, yeah, I, I, I do that. And um, I, one of the things, and I either do it on my birthday or I'll do it the day after my birthday. And because I've, I've got <clears throat> with you lovely people this morning, <laughs> and, and then because I've got a, got a one o'clock appointment and then some other things today, um, on my birthday, I always run that many minutes, 67 minutes. So tomorrow, I will run 67 minutes. And last year, I ran 66, and the year before, 65. So that's just something that, that's kind of a thing with me, that, that I want to do I that. Love it, man. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, after CrossFit in the morning, I'll do that's that so tomorrow. That's so cool, Jimmy. I don't even want to run that many miles. Like, I don't want to go on a run. Well, I'm just talking about, like, oh. what he's putting in a week. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, after you CrossFit. Don't, you don't run near that much. After CrossFit, I don't want to. I'm wrecked. I don't yeah. want to do anything. Yeah. And then I go out of the door. I get there in the morning and see Jimmy just, like, flying. And he's not. He runs. I mean, what are you, like, 10? 10, 10? I'm, I'm at about a 10-minute mile. Yeah. R- r- roughly between a 10 and 10, 15 mile Jimmy, is what I'm doing. If I can be going to CrossFit five to six days a week and running, you say, four to six miles every day afterwards four, at a 10-minute pace, yeah. it's, yeah, I'll be happy. Yeah, it's really inspiring, man. And we we do have a bunch of older listeners that listen to the podcast and um, follow follow us. And I've always been appreciative of that. It's uh. It's always been, I don't know, real. I just feel like I really value older people mm-hmm. for just the, no, no matter how successful they, quote unquote, successful they are, or, you know, what they've achieved up to that point. I, I, va- I value older people and I value older people that, especially that are, would, would listen to a podcast or engage with us sure. here at 307 Project because of what we're all about. It, Anybody that engages with us, it tells me one thing about them. It tells me that they haven't given up, that, right. they, that they're still, right. they still want to grow. They're still searching for the, mm. the next challenge, the next thing that they can do to, to maybe just make their, um, make themselves just a little bit better, you know, and that's, that's, uh, inspiring. And it's great to have you on today, uh, to tell a, just a little bit of your story and just what you're doing right now and the conversation that we've had around uh, um, how our physical health is uh, is tied to our spiritual life with Christ and tied to our mental health. And man, that's what that's the foundation of three of seven project. That's the three in three of seven yeah. is the body the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions, and the spirit, and the seven is the biblical number for completion, and the foundation of what 307 Project is about is this conversation around when we neglect one aspect of ourselves uh, as a, a, a triune type of being created in the likeness and image of God, it's, it'll, it will throw the other two aspects of ourselves yes. out of whack. Yes. Um, that, that was our whole thought process around creating or founding 307 Project. So it was really cool to get back to the roots of, of our mission and what we believe and what we're trying to accomplish and, and help people achieve is the, just the nourishment, the maintenance, and the striving for the mastery of our body, 
our mind, and also our spirit, just always striving for that so that we can live a complete and abundant life in Christ. Yes. I mean, yes. that is the the foundation. It was really cool to get back to that in this conversation because we, we haven't touched on that in a long, long time. That's how it all started. So, And what you awesome. and, and Chad, what you and Brooke are doing here is just wonderful. I mean, I, I can't say enough good about what you all are doing and the impact that you're making. And believe you me, you are making an impact. You really are. And so I'm grateful for you all. And just give thanks to God for what you're doing with the podcast and how that lives are being touched and challenged to be more than what they are because it is about the abundant life, living that life to the fullest. And that involves the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. Yeah, 100%. Thanks, Jimmy. Boo, do you want to give Jimmy his Oh, his yeah, gift? yeah, yeah. So... We, we jumped right into the conversation so fast. So our we have a partner here at 307 Project, Barbell Apparel. They make really good, um, comfortable, functional fitness apparel, which we talked a lot about fitness on here. So you'll be able to put this stuff to good use. Uh, so they send out stuff for all of our podcast guests. So they've sent you a, um, this is a core t-shirt. It's a really lightweight, functional t-shirt. I wear them all the time they're super comfortable and then the phantom short and that's my favorite pair of shorts they got good pockets in them man you can wear them running you can wear them in the gym you can wear them around the house whatever you want they're comfortable they work they're functional so we hope you enjoy them man i know i will Chad. yeah thank so, you thank you and yeah Brooke for thank the gifts. you thank yeah. you barbell for sending oh. those out and uh you guys check them out. You know, it means a lot if you support the companies that support the podcast. It helps us, and uh, we we vet all of our partners here, all of their products, and we don't just take partners on uh, just because. Like, we take it very seriously. Sure. And so I think you'll like their stuff if you're listening. Uh, check them out at barbellapparel.com. They've been awesome to us. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll shut her on down and um, – yeah. Call it a day. Our, That's it. our last live pod, our last live session for the day. So thank you, Jimmy. We love you guys. Yes. Thanks for tuning Thanks, in. Thanks, Chad. Enough thank said. You, Brooke. Blessings on you. <laughs>